the following program may contain adult situations and language that may be unsuitable for younger listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Live from the RTDS studios, this is Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo, proudly sponsored by National Fitness Training, with your host, Chuck Basti. Chuck's personal mission is to introduce the world to the people that motivate him on his inspirational journey into his world of infinite mojo. Here's your host, Chuck Basti. That's me. So excited today. Oh, what a great day today is. It's like Christmas. Yeah, all over again. <laughs> Got James Reimer on. And before we actually have James on the show, I have to share a story with you, Todd. So last year, uh, it was March the 8th. It was the day before my birthday. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers are in town at the ACC. And um, I was down in the locker room meeting with Scott Hartnell, uh, getting the pictures taken. And uh, I got on Hockey Night in Canada that night. So it was you know, an amazing night for me. Uh, the Leafs won that game in overtime uh, or in a shootout or whatever it was. And then after that, uh, James Reimer was in net. And then they went on that horrific slide where they lost like umpteen in a row and took themselves out of playoff contention. So the funny thing is that practice in the morning, I watched James Reimer be the last person off the rink. You know, and there was thousands of kids. It was Scotiabank Day there or something like that. And so he went and he signed and signed and signed and signed. Then he came down the tunnel. Now, if you're a kid in the tunnel, you know somebody that got you down there. So you're a VIP of somebody. Uh, and then again, he went to one. And he didn't even just sign. He, he engaged them. It's like, what's your favorite position? Who's your favorite player? Where do you play? You know, all these things that just, you know, have the kid just be starstruck. Yep. As James Reimer comes down the tunnel. When he finally came out of the tunnel, there's a woman in a wheelchair and I'll never forget this moment, but um, he could have went to the dressing room and he didn't. And he actually stopped and he looked and he walked over and he says, hi, I'm James. And this is his biggest fan. And uh, so she's all overwhelmed. And he said to his trainer, go back and get me a stick. Uh, he comes back and gets her a stick. He said, what's your name? He signs the stick for her. And I see her crying and I take pictures of this. Yeah, I've seen. Yeah. And it was it really, really, really touched my soul because I was just like, you know what? He didn't have to do this. Everybody's already long gone. Um, she was still crying. Then they actually left. And then what did I see James Reimer do? And I was like the only one who saw this besides Santa Claus. Uh, but he does a 360 weeble wobble look around to see who did I miss before he actually walked into the dressing room to undress. To make sure. To make sure he got every single person that was able to be there that got a signed autograph from James Reimer. And I tell you, my heart grew like the Grinch three sizes bigger that day mm. when I saw athletes. And then the despicable tweets that started after that, when I watched this wonderful human being go out there and touch lives and, you know, make lives better than his own uh, to go through the next month of, you know, absolute, you know, hell, hell despicable tweets, which affected him and his wife. And we're going to talk about that, uh, about cyberbullying and uh, the foundation they started, hashtag TweetSuite. When we come back from the break with James Reimer. You're listening to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo on Listen Up Talk Radio. Hi, it's Paul Capricante, host of the Vinyl Experience with a couple of magic numbers for you to remember. This is real simple. Are you ready? Here we go. Nine and three. Every Sunday at 9 a.m., 3 p.m., 9 p.m., and for good measure, 3 a.m. on Monday. This is all Eastern Time. Your times for the Vinyl Experience. 
Xbox world of infinite mojo. 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 Yeah, we stole that. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo and listen up talk radio, talk-radio.ca. How are you? I'm all right, man. I'm all right. Good, good, good. Good guest hanging on the phone. Yeah, you know, we uh, we got James Reimer on the phone. You know, he's uh, he's a, a goalie for the small uh, hockey team in Toronto uh, called the Maple Leafs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The small, uh, <clears throat> yep. Yeah, so uh, he was just hanging out the rink. And yeah. I'm like, hey, James, what are you doing tomorrow? And he's just like, you know, I've got some friends and family in town this week. It's a bit of a slow week. So, but yeah, I'm like, hey, listen, you want to come on my show? That'd be <laughs> awesome. I'm like, and uh, now we've got James Reimer on the phone. James, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. How are you guys doing? We're awesome, man. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Hey, listen, uh, I really want to thank you for taking the time to come on the show today. And uh, what I actually wanted to talk to you about is... Um, so I want to. So before the break, what we actually told is the story of uh, of the evolution of TweetSuite. So, mm-hmm. so what ended up happening last year was what we call a negative, and you have you know you make lemonade out of lemons, or you know positive out of a negative. Um, but you know you went through a really traumatic experience, and you know we can't even understand uh, as as common people, non hockey players or athletes in Toronto, which is a tough place to play. Uh, what you went through inside of that month of March last year with the Leafs, you know, sliding down, coming out of the playoffs um, in, in, in March. Uh, the backlash of that, the impact of that was that you don't have Twitter. Uh, your wife, April, does. And she just got lambasted with like horrific, horrific tweets that went out uh, of angry people that I believe are not Toronto Maple Leaf fans in essence because they're just angry people. Um, but, you know, the beauty of that, Todd, is that everything that comes out of a negative, you can see the what possibility can be coming out of this on a positive side, has created this new great idea that April and James have come up with. And James, why don't you talk a little bit about uh, that experience and, and what came out of it? <clears throat> yeah, I know. Um, I think, yeah, you, you touched on it uh, uh, well, but obviously last year um, we kind of went on the skid and, and um, <clears throat> a few people... Um, thought it was, uh, you know, that they uh, would come after. They couldn't obviously come after me on Twitter, and so uh, my wife being on Twitter, that was um, unfortunately the next quickest, our next closest thing. And so um, they felt that uh, that was what they needed to do. And, and obviously, um, as a player, as a, as a husband, um, you know, you never want anyone coming after your family or especially your wife. And so, um, you know, it was unfortunate that uh, that that took place, but. Um, you know, my wife handled it really well. She's a she's a strong woman, and and uh, and I obviously I was I was pretty impressed by you know just the character she had through it all. But and having said that, um, <clears throat> now coming into this year, she was obviously wanted to do something with it, and and she had this idea for for Tweet Suite, and uh, and so that uh, she kind of was able to start a campaign and and get some people going and and do some research and and talk to a whole bunch of people and get their ideas and. And uh, so she was able to come up with this campaign to uh, to to uh, start a hashtag that you know, just kind of bring in a positive uh, environment online, as opposed to uh, kind of with the experience that uh, that happened to to her. And what have you found right now so far with the development of Tweet Suite out there in the community? 
uh, in April going out to the schools and talking about cyberbullying to kids because this is a really big issue um, for kids nowadays. Um, in my day, we didn't actually have social media, Todd. So, you know, we you couldn't pay me enough money in the world to be a kid in, in high school these days with, you know, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all the cyberbullying that goes on because of it. Uh, but what April has actually developed inside of this, James, is, is something that is giving a voice to actually stop cyberbullying and able to people to be nice and just, hey, listen, let's have a positive message here as opposed to, you know, ranting on, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs not making the playoffs. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and I think it's it's so easy, um, you know, obviously on, on social media to to, to say something negative because there's, there's no accountability um, or they feel like there's no accountability. And that's actually one thing she, she talks about. But, but um, you know, you, you feel you feel safe behind your, your, your phone or your, or your keyboard. Um, and so, um, I, yeah, as a kid, I mean, I think that, I mean, even for me, when I was in school, I mean, I didn't get a cell phone until I was, I think, in grade 12. And, and even then it was, you know, you know, it wasn't much. It was just a flip phone. And so, um, yeah, you know, you had nothing, nothing really, you didn't really, I never really experienced anything that kids these days are experiencing. And, and I can't imagine, um, you know. You know, it's one thing to be to be bullied at, at school, which is which is obviously bad. But then you can go home and, and hopefully you have a safe a safe environment at home with, with you know family or friends and, and stuff like that. But nowadays, um, you know, you flip on your phone or your computer and and the bully's still right there. You you almost like you can't get away with them sometimes. And and so um, you know, obviously it's tough. So when she goes into school, she just tries to shine a light on it and and encourage kids to to not necessarily. I think her emphasis is is more on. On, on turning things into a positive, you know, it's 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 about what can you do, you know, how can you encourage someone who is being bullied? How can you, you know, how can you you bring a positive light and and talk to a person who is who is maybe going through a tough time? You know, you know, you're not the only one. There's many people who've who've gone through it, and and how to you know talk to your parents or a teacher and and kind of get that uh, you know get that conversation going. Yeah, and I, and I think you hit the nail on the head with that because my next question was going to be to you is like, what was the intent that you wanted to actually create with this moving forward in the in the in the world um, for, for children? But one thing I actually want to touch base on is, you know, for you as a target, as you know, as as the Toronto Maple Leafs goaltender, um, there's a big following that comes down on you, and you know, going through that side of you know last March where. Um, it puts you in a really, really tough place mentally and, and trying to pull through that inside of that and having a wife that's so supportive of you that would do that. Because I read the tweets that she came back afterwards with and they were just inspiring. So for you, what was it like on a social media aspect, you know, being out of the picture but being included into that and moving forward, you know, trying to stay positive and, and, and keeping yourself in check so that way mentally you can come to the, the rink every single day and play? Yeah, well, I think <clears throat> with anything, I mean, any kind of type of adversity you have, whether it's on the ice or off the ice, whatever, you know, whether it's in your job or or um, with friends, you name it. I mean, I think you you have to have just a solid foundation, and and for me, that foundation is is obviously my faith and and you know my family and friends. Um, you know, obviously, I have a, I have a great wife who's like you said is is super supportive, and and when anything goes wrong, I mean, she's always always by my side. She's my biggest fan. I'm, I got obviously my family back home and, and a whole bunch of great group of friends that you know always sending me texts and 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 emails and whatnot and so um, you know, I'm really really blessed in that sense to have a, a great support group and obviously my faith I mean 
um, being a Christian and, and you know, a follower of Jesus. I mean, that's a, that's a big thing for me, and that's that's obviously some that uh, you know that uh, keeps me uh, keeps me on the right path when uh, when you know, when things are, are getting a little crazy. I think it, when it does get crazy, it's um, to me it's almost it's funny being in the dressing room in the in the, in the locker room with the least Todd, it's it's a different environment because these guys are all millionaires. They're all playing hockey, which is what we all aspire to be as Canadian boys. Um, and I think we get lost as as reporters or media people that these people are human beings first who actually play hockey really well and not the exact opposite way around. I think too many people in the media get in that room and they treat you, James, as a hockey player first who might happen to also be a human being. And that gets really challenging. You know, I can't even imagine what you guys go through as far as the pressure inside of that, that dressing room. I think the media people, too, have a job to do, and theirs is to sort of disassociate the personality so that they can get to the facts. I think that's really what the intent is, and that's what they're being told to do. Yeah, but I think it's it's just ass backwards. That but it's way. wrong. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like you know, in my opening credits segment when I'm talking about James, and the first time I actually saw him, you know, sign autographs for a half an hour to all these elated kids. That doesn't happen in the game anymore. You know, it's like when I was growing up in in in, uh, in Virginia, there was the Capitol Center that had two feet of glass between you and the fan, and you got to be down there, and, and you, that doesn't exist anymore. And I think that the dy- dynamic of that has changed. Absolutely, yeah. So, James, moving forward, I want to ask you about your charity inside of Uganda. You told me a great story about uh, this charity that you have uh, taken over. Um, it's in Africa. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about the charity? Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a great charity, and I don't know if I've I've really taken over. I mean, I think it's uh, with the family who uh, who got started. I mean, they're they're the they're the ones really behind it. I mean, I'm just uh, I'm just obviously a big supporter of them and and all the work they put into it. Um, but uh, no, it's it's a it's a great it's a great uh, it's a great charity. Um, it was um, kind of a, a girl in our in our community. Um, my cousin. Uh, <clears throat> got married to her and uh um, 10 months into their marriage then uh, she got diagnosed with cancer and and it was always their dream to go overseas and and build this orphanage and so um she ended up passing away a couple years later and her family uh took it up took up her dream and and really made it reality and so um you know obviously obviously a lot of emotion behind it because she was a really uh, bubbly uh, great personality and so um a lot of people uh really buy into it especially from our community and and when you learn more about it, it's it's always nice to when there's when there's that story behind it. And so, um, yeah, her family and a whole group of people have gone over there a couple of times, and we've managed to raise enough money to um, buy some supplies and, and a truck. And and uh, we've built uh, one building so far, and and uh, there's plans to build more. I think there's another group going over there um, early or spring or early summer. I'm not quite sure to um, to hopefully get some more stuff done there. So uh, it's a work in progress, and and uh, you know, it's uh, just to see, you know, I think they're helping a couple hundred kids now. Uh, and so it's just great to to, to see that uh, that thing kind of come together. And what's the orphanage called? Uh, Ramona's Reach Ramona's is uh, what, kind of what, uh, what it's, what it's uh, named, yeah. Is there any place that we can find it on social media at all for anyone who wants to donate or support that cause? Yeah, I'm not, uh, I think it they might be on Twitter. I'm not quite sure. For sure, they have a website. Uh, I believe it's uh, Ramona's Reach. Uh, it's a good question. I think maybe .com or .org. If you type it in, I mean, it uh, should be come up pretty quick. And, and obviously, there's a place there for you to donate if, if you feel uh, if you feel led to. I mean, it's obviously anything 
anything that comes in is a, is a, is a great blessing, but obviously no, uh, no pressure, that's for sure. <laughs> support is support, James. So if anybody wants to do that because they're doing that out of the goodness of their heart, they want to actually make a difference in people's lives. When you take the ability of somebody's contribution away, you're actually robbing them of the ability to actually want to contribute. So <laughs> I say let it flow. <laughs> so with that, we're going to go and pay some bills. Uh, and James, we'll see you over in the summer, uh, in the off season, with a couple of hammers and some saws, uh, doing some work. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, maybe you never know. You we'll, never know. We'll come with you. We need we need something to do this summer. <laughs> exactly. We're, we're going to take a short break. You're listening to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo on Listen Up Talk Radio at talk-radio.ca. Out of this world. Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo, or as we like to call it around here, whatever the hell's on Chuck's mind, on radio that doesn't suck. Radio that doesn't suck.com, and of course, Listen Up Talk Radio, bringing you Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. And we're back with James Reimer, and James, are you still there? Yeah, oh, you, you bet. So in the second half of the show, what I actually wanted to talk about with you is to give the fans that are listening a little bit more insight to who James Reimer really is. I mean, obviously, we see you play, you're on the ice, you're in the media, all these things that go out. And I don't think that, you know, a lot of people really focus on, you know, athletes as being people first, as opposed to, you know, being the athlete and have the scrutiny that goes along with that responsibility. And of course, the money that they make because of that. And I don't think that's a very fair light that we look at that, you know, inside. But yet it always happens. It is what it is. So inside of that, I mean, you've had a really interesting story uh, coming from minor hockey where you didn't start until you're 12 years old. Uh, and then you really got thrown into uh, the game and you've just really run with it. So why are you where you are right now is my question. <laughs> Good question. <laughs> I don't even know myself. I mean, uh, no, I mean, obviously, I think... Um, just lucky and, and and blessed. I mean, obviously, I think there's a there's a plan for me, and and uh, it's taking place. And and uh, you know, you just try and make the most of every situation that's that's given to you. I mean, um, I've always kind of been uh, the underdog per se in in uh, in my career or in my hockey story, you could say. And never never was really noticed. Was never one of the you know the top you know the star. Um, athletes or goalies whatever you want to name whatever you want to call it but always managed to uh to you know find a way to get it done and and uh and get uh you know get the job or, or get the minutes or, or whatnot so uh yeah i just kind of scraped and clawed all the way to uh to where i am now and and now it's uh you know it's just scraping and clawing kind of double time i mean it's uh <laughs> it's uh you know people keep people keep coming in there's more and more good goalies out there that uh I keep trying to push and and uh, and try and take your job, so you always uh, you got to be on top of your game. So on on a, on a mental level, because obviously you've got great coaches, you've got you know the support level that goes along with uh, where you're at right now in your career. Um, how do you keep the mental edge sharp so that way things that happened last March you learn from, you move forward, and you know I think 
kids listening to this uh, who are aspiring to make the NHL, just like you did when you were their age, they're really looking for the inspiration from people like you because you, you've got to be one of the nicest athletes I know that I've ever met. And, and I think some people might say you're too nice, which I don't know if that's if that's, if that's even fair. But um, how do you keep the mental edge going moving forward inside of the face of adversity playing in Toronto? Uh, yeah, I mean, good question. I mean, I, I think, you know, it's, 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 I kind of touched on it a little bit in a different uh, situation earlier, but I think it's, it's just having a foundation. I mean, um, obviously you love this game and, and uh, you love playing, you love stopping pucks, which is, you know, kind of weird to love to get hit by things, but, but uh, <laughs> hard. Exactly. But, but no, I mean, I think there's times you got to get away from it. And, and when you have, or, you know, a great, a great family or great friends, you know, somebody, somebody that you can, um, you know, just talk to, um, and, uh, and who understands you and, and, you know, it's great to understand the game too and, and just put things in perspective. And, and so, you know, like I said, I've, I've great people in my life and, and obviously, you know, in my, in my Christian life, I mean, that it, it adds a great, uh, a great perspective to things and, and helps me, uh, helps me just kind of stay even keeled when, when things are kind of going awry or, or there's, uh, you know, a ton of adversity, it just kind of helps keep me, uh, keep me grounded and realize that, you know, you know, if you, if you work hard and, and most, maybe most importantly, believe in yourself and then have hope, then, then, uh, you know, you got a great shot. Well, this is a question for James and Chuck, and this goes back to your point, Chuck, where you said, you know, you're, that James is one of the nicest athletes you've ever met. The nicest. Okay. The nicest. Let's go with that. What, there's a perception that you need to be a bit of a jerk, a bit of self-centered uh, person to ex- to succeed and exceed in life. But from what I'm hearing, James has done that, and he's been a really nice guy. So, is that is that is that opposite to what the world really is is about? I mean, most people, when they're star athletes, maybe they don't they're not so nice. I'm going to refer that to you, Ryan. So you go ahead and answer that one. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I think. I think um, I think there's a key to you. Know, you don't want to be nice on the ice. You know, it's it's, it's obviously I'm 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 pretty pretty competitive and and uh, you know I hate to lose and and uh, you know it's funny uh, you know even my wife has a joke that yeah you know when I when I'm doing things besides hockey I'm either I'm either all in or or I don't don't care or or don't try in quotation marks and and usually (laughs) usually don't care you know must be a goalie thing (laughs) (laughs) yeah so you know usually it's a don't care because I get too uh, too competitive and so um, no I think I think there's 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 uh, for me there's a way to to be you know um, try and be a fierce competitor on the ice and yet um, you know when when it's all said and done I mean you want to be a great guy and a great teammate and and just a great friend, you know, there's no reason to uh, to let that, you know, affect, you know, that competitive edge, no reason to let that affect, you know, um, how you treat people off the ice. I think for me, what, uh, what that comes down to me is boundaries. You know, uh, as you know, I, I'm obviously not the goalie that James Reimer is, but uh, for me, I think in playing in that battle, it's always about creating safe boundaries off the ice, on the ice, and every aspect of relationship that you have inside intimate relationship, physical relationship, you know, work ethic, these relationships that we have, if you don't have proper boundaries, you're just not going to be able to have, be, have that success in how you want to be treated or how you want to be occurred or, or viewed or whatever. Is that fair, James? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, 
Yeah, I think that's that's that's, uh, that's a good answer. I mean, you gotta <clears throat> you gotta you know pick your spot for lack of a better word. But I mean, it's just I think that treating people with respect, um, you know, um, sometimes treating people with respect, you get you get the the uh, you might get noted as a guy who's just really nice and and really I think just treating people with respect is just a good thing to do, and you can be a fierce competitor and treat people with respect. I mean, for me, I mean, the biggest example is is refs. I mean, you know, a lot of guys, and even myself sometimes, obviously, but you, you lose it on a ref, and, and uh, you know, it's just there's just no reason for it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I always try and treat them with, with a ton of respect because they got the hardest job in, really in sports, yeah. you know, and, and uh, you know, he's, he's not trying to make a bad call. You know what I mean? It's it's not his agenda going to the game to, to make a bad call. And so, so, so you're saying you does, tripped at him a few times, right? <laughs> Sorry? You tripped at him a few times, maybe? <laughs> Maybe, you know, just just let them know my opinion, you know. Yeah, let them know you're there. <laughs> just let them, like the old slap shot line, just let them know you're there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, everybody wants a piece of your time, James, living in Toronto and being a Toronto Maple Leaf. Um, and because you are a Toronto Maple Leaf, but I really wanted a piece of your time because your message really just makes sense. And it needs to be shared into the world. And, you know, I think that people view you as being a goalie and they don't really get the fact that you're a human being as first. But how do you want to be viewed? What is the, you know, what's something that we don't know in the public that you would like us to know that you really are, you know, James Reimer, uh, a son, you know, a husband, a Christian, a human being first. And, you also play hockey as well. I mean, I don't want to be known for what I do in my life for, for a job. And yet you have a very high-profile job that way. So mm-hmm. if you took the job away, how would you want to be viewed? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean that's, that's, <laughs> that's the million-dollar question, I guess. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, I want to be, I want to be known as... as as you know, James Reimer, the person. Obviously, I mean, I think when, when you, when your life's done, and, and people, you know, how are people going to talk to you? You know, talk about you at your funeral. I mean, I think, I think you know, you want to be known who, as someone who's um, you know had a ton of integrity, who was honest, um, you know, who worked his butt off, um, and uh, you know would do anything for for anybody. You know, obviously your friends, but but for anybody who who need anything, you want to be you want to be a kind of person that that people can depend on and. Um, and that that you know people feel cared for when they're around you, and so um, for me, I mean that's that's it. I mean I think for me the greatest example, and you know it's probably not a perfect example, but um, if you saw the Slaney when he was retired, I mean yeah. I felt like everyone talked about him as a person, and I mean he had great accomplishments, but um, to me that was a really special um, event just simply because. Um, Everyone was highlighting um, how great of a teammate and a friend he was, you know. And it's almost like hockey was was second in his in his retirement from hockey. And so I think that uh, I think that's uh, is, a, is a great example. I think that's a great uh, you hit the nail on the head of that one because I know in playing with a lot of the alumni, Todd, uh, Mike Gartner, for example, like he's like I, I will say if James is the number one nicest athlete, you know, Mark Mike is the second. Mm. You know, he's he's got he's got a, a ton of integrity. Uh, you know, obviously. Mark Osborne is is a big fan. Uh, I'm a big fan of his as well. But you know the funny thing is when you play with these guys afterwards in the dressing rooms and they tell their stories, it, you know they tell about the intensity of the game at the time, but how they can all joke about it afterwards. And I think we get lost in that moment, you know, where the the testosterone crosses the wires when we're being competitive and our ego kicks in, and we take over. But afterwards, like you said, James, it comes down to you know just being remembered for 
you know, playing a game with passion, but being respectful on it on the other side of, you know, on the boundary side. Being a good teammate. Being a good teammate. And I think that goes a really long way inside the dressing room is being a good teammate. So, um, James, we got a couple of minutes to go right now, but I know well, where you're at right now um, inside of hockey, inside of your journey right now is, is an open card. Uh, how you got there is a special story. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to give you the opportunity to acknowledge the people in your life that believed in you before maybe you believed in yourself and got you to where you are right now and give you a couple of minutes to give them their due. If I were to if I were to name everyone that helped me, then uh, I'd be on here for a couple hours. But um, no, I mean I think again, uh, family. Um, I have great, uh, just unbelievable parents and, and unbelievable siblings that uh, that really supported me and, and really sacrificed a lot for me. Um, obviously, you know any parent that's in sports and especially hockey, I mean, it's a lot of money and, and a ton of time and and. Um, you know, just to just to think about, um, you know, how much they they had to sacrifice. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's crazy. I mean, we can never repay them. Um, I think uh, one person in, in particular who who really uh, who really, you know, I probably owe my career to is is actually my agent right now, and, and he's actually a great friend of mine. Um, but uh, he kind of found me at a church a church tournament when I was thirteen, and. Uh, I guess I played some good games and, you know, obviously against <laughs> adults. And uh, after the tournament, then he kind of pulled me aside. We were the last two people in the dressing room, and, and he asked if I would ever, you know, consider pursuing hockey. And I had no idea what that meant, but I liked hockey. And so um, ever since then, I mean, he's he's the guy I talk to. You know, he's the guy I call at 3 in the morning if, if you know, I'm struggling with some things in, in hockey or if I'm not playing, thinking I'm playing the right way or, uh, or whatnot, you know, after, you know, the big loss against Boston. Um, a couple of years ago, I mean, I talked to him for till all hours of the night, um, just just trying to unwind and and uh, you know confide in him. And so um, he's definitely the guy that you know is at the at the core of of you know of my success. Um, and I mean now other people too. I mean obviously my wife has been a huge <laughs> a huge supporter ever since uh, you know I've met her in my last year of junior. She's obviously been an unbelievable uh, unbelievable wife and and unbelievable best friend. Um, and ever since then, I mean, I got a great group of uh, trainers and and uh, and uh, different people who come along the way. From the, the guy I work with now in the summers, he's he's really changed uh, how I look at the game from athletic uh, point and a nutritional point. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I go on forever. Got a physio <laughs> guy that you know he keeps fixes me up nice and well and he gets me going. So um, the list is this list is so long, but but those are definitely the main people. Well, listen, James, we certainly wish you the best here in Toronto and wherever your career is going to take you moving forward. I really want to thank you for just being on the show and just being a really genuine, authentically amazing guy. Uh, my friends in Bozier or Manitoba would kill me if I didn't actually pass on their support because they sent me off Facebooks and Twitters and everything to make sure that we sent you the Manitoba love that you deserve here in Toronto, amongst us Ontario's. The secret society. Yeah, exactly. So, James, thanks a lot for being on the show today. Good luck for the rest of the season, and we hope that you uh, see stick around uh, for a couple more years in Toronto. Awesome. Thank you. I hope so as well. There's only one thing you need to work on. It's that whole don't try. You know, let's get more engaged with it. Okay, James? <laughs> According to your wife. Exactly, exactly. Off the ice. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo on Listen Up Talk Radio.
tired of that song i, I don't know what I'm like gonna I, I tell with. you my my curls just flop when i hear that song i'm just like <laughs> head banging i don't even know why i feel like wayne's world's going on right yeah. now so james reimer what a wonderful human being just a wonderful guest and what i actually wanted to do is if you're still listening and you actually want to have a great ending to your day go to twitter go to hashtag tweet suites and you will see positive messages pop up and people who are giving those positive messages that you can connect with. So if you're having a bad day and you don't have anybody to reach out to to actually go out and talk about it, go there. Go to Tweet Suite and, you know, draw from the energy of people who want to give it to you to make your day better. Yep, go to tweetsuite.ca as well, which is the website. And um, by all means, drop us a line if you just want to chat, if you've got a story idea or a guest we should interview, by all means, get in touch with us. Uh, you're on uh, Twitter as Chuck Basti. We're on as Listen Up Talk. And catch us right back here next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Thank you for spending time with Chuck in his infinite world of mojo. If you'd like to get in touch with Chuck or Todd, the email address is feedback at radiothatdoesntsuck.com or call the feedback line 866-269-6155.